Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. It is the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Basketball is hood. I am Jay Hood. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. As always, love your support. If you love basketball, you love Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, the basketball podcast. Game one is in the books as the Phoenix Suns take game one of the NBA Finals, defeating the Bucks yesterday as we record this on Wednesday afternoon. Chris Paul turned the clock back, didn't he? 32 points in 37 minutes of play, nine assists, along with four rebounds. Devin Booker had 27 points in 42 minutes. I love that backcourt. And if you've been watching the NBA playoffs, you know how formidable Paul and Booker have been together. And then what you see in the middle from DeAndre Ayton, a double-double. Dude had 22 points and 19 rebounds. So he's picking up where he left off in the Western Conference playoffs. And here they are in the big spot in the finals. And they were able to take care of the Bucks. What stood out to me the most is that when I'm watching this game yesterday, it's just the speed of the Suns. And that will really be the storyline for me. Can the Bucks match the Suns' speed? Also, from a bench standpoint, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, also providing a spark for this Phoenix Suns team offensively. But that's my whole thing. Like, we've seen the Bucks be behind in a series and struggle and try to find a way to win ball games from behind. Uh, and the other story for me, from the Bucks standpoint, is to see Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis in this spot right now, coming back from injury. He had 20 points, but as I've told you many times in this podcast, what I really like is Chris Middleton and his resolve. The small forward had 29 points and 45 minutes of play. But again, Giannis, and I'll sleep on him, is 20 and 17. He had 17 rebounds coming back from the injury. And also, this has been the playoffs of the bigs. The bigs have returned because Brooke Lopez had 17 points in 23, 23 minutes of play. So it's not like we've seen the Bucks behind before. We've seen them try to come from behind. But I just wonder, like the backcourt of the Suns, the, how they get up and down the floor, how they're able to pass the basketball, these things. Can the Bucks be able to overcome a good Suns team that's well-rested, by the way, that were waiting for the Eastern Conference Finals to end and in which the Bucks are able to survive? So uh, I'm into this series. I hope that you are able to connect to our podcast, whether it's on the Cap and J Hood podcast feed or on Spotify. It has its own feed on Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener, go to Under the Hood with John the Hood Basketball Podcast, and you can be able to get episodes that you may not hear on the Cap and J Hood feed. But I'm just excited because the finals are here, and it's two unconventional teams that will be in the mix. I don't see any dynasties coming out of this, but I expect to see a really good series between the Bucks and the Suns. Let me call my friend Nick Friedel. Let me make a call out to the West Coast and hear from Nick Friedel, get his thoughts about the storylines around the NBA, including what is going on with this Bucks and Suns final series. And there he is, Nick Friedel from ESPN.com and KNBR from time to time, chiming in with his 49ers and Warriors thoughts. He joins us here 
on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Hello, Nick. The game, hoodie. The game. Oh, the game. Yes. 95-7 the game. That's right. That's right. You and Ray Ratto. <laughs> My man, Ray. <laughs> what, what an interesting experience. That's Every right. time that... Uh, Mike's turn on with Mr. Ratto. Well, he's one of the all-time greats. Because I've been seeing and reading him for years, so it's kind of cool, Ray Ratto, that you're working with the curmudgeonly Ray Ratto. He <laughs> always, a, a, always has a thought on things. Very interesting. Very interesting guy. He's a, he's a good dude, and it's been cool because uh, just like as was the case for you and I all those years back when we started in Chicago, I mean, you become part of uh, a, a radio family. And so to get to meet Ray and to get to meet uh, all the other hosts, uh, it's been a, an, an interesting and fun experience for me because everybody's gone through a lot of difficult times in the last couple of years. But my friend, I still don't know that many people out here. <laughs> in truth. So to get to meet people through the station and be able to talk about sports, that's a cool thing. Absolutely. So I want to talk to you about about here we are, the finals with the Bucks and the Suns. I said earlier, Nick, that I, I really love the Suns as far as their speed, athleticism, and it's gonna be hard for the Bucks to get around that. Would your what are your thoughts on the Suns getting to this point in time? I'm still stunned, honestly. And I watched them throughout the season. I just wasn't sure if they were ready for the primetime moment. Uh, in, in total honesty, Hoodie, I had the Lakers beating them. I had the Clippers beating them. <laughs> I have the Bucks beat them now. Oh. So, uh, I, I am going to have to uh, eat my predictions the whole way through if they stay on the track they're on. And it's a credit to Chris Paul and, and Booker coming together, but even more the depth of that team. I mean, James Jones has just done a really, really good job loading up that roster with pros who know what they're supposed to do. And I'm thinking of a, a guy like Jay Crowder, uh, who has won in a lot of different places, who was in the finals last year with Miami. Uh, and everybody knows their role, and, and they fill it to the best of their ability. And, you know, you and I have been talking about Monty Williams for years. Yeah. Years. I have always been a huge fan of Monty's. I think he is just a terrific coach on top of being just a, a fantastic human being. And I think people understand the just awful, awful things that he's dealt with off the floor over the last few years. And to see him have success and to see this team buy into the plan that he has sold it's really been uh, a special deal for Phoenix and it's why they're now three games away but as far as the Suns go they have proved me wrong time and again and while I certainly don't think this series is over and I think we're going to see a lot better from Milwaukee Phoenix deserves all the credit that's coming their way because those players have really stepped up in a moment that they were all unfamiliar with you can't give me the line, Hoodie, they just don't have enough with the Suns. You can't do that with the Bucks either. I mean, both teams, they mirror each other in, in certain ways. Like, I, of course, who wouldn't like the 
backcourt of Paul and Booker. And then you're getting the presence from Aiton on the inside. And you mentioned like Bridges and Crowder. All right, so I, I like what they've been able to do. I think they do it with speed. But also, when you look at the numbers, the points that were scored, Paul 32 and Booker 27, the, the assists mean more to me than anything else. Nine assists for Chris Paul, six for Booker. That's distributing the basketball and making others better. I mean, that's the hallmark of the Suns, isn't it? They can hit you in a variety of different ways. And again, you know, you mentioned Aiden and Hoodie, he's getting paid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's earned it. I mean, he's been really, really good. And he's kind of shaken that feeling in those first couple of years of, oh, well, the Suns could have had Luca. And then this year, oh, they could have had Trey Young. Well, they got DeAndre Aiden, and he is not only really freaking good he fills a huge need for them down low and he had another really good performance in game one so uh, when you're looking at why this team has vaulted to the success this season that they have it starts with Booker and Aiden because they're the stalwarts they're the guys that have been there and everybody wants to give Chris Paul credit and he deserves it and he's kind of helped make it uh, all go, but this is where I give Monty and, and James Jones just a, a huge amount of credit because they knew the pieces they had and they augmented the group by adding guys who had a lot of talent and the ego of that team doesn't seem overwhelming at all. They fit into roles uh, and and they've had a lot of success, so there is plenty of praise to go around for Phoenix and to watch the way that they've grown throughout this season and then to get into this kind of spot and continue playing the way that they have. It's been pretty impressive to see. So from the Bucks, you believe that the Bucks can win this championship. My que- Here's what I've said, Nick, on the air over the last, I would say, week or two. It's a rare thing in sports when the number two guy resonates more than the number one guy. I mean, think about all the sports you think of. And, like, to me, Middleton, because of his grit. Now, you're not going to win a championship with Middleton as your number one guy. But it just seems like Middleton stands out more with gritty performances than Giannis. Giannis is a two-time MVP. Don't get it twisted. But the point is, though, is that Middleton is showing more heart on the team. Anadokupo is coming back from this injury. I love the 20-17, and 17, but it's something about Middleton that, that stands out to me more so, more times than not, and especially in the playoffs. 100%. When Chris Middleton plays well, the Bucks are rolling, Hoodie. And when he's kind of off and he doesn't have his rhythm, they, they just they don't even look close to the same team. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you go back in time and you see the way this Bucks roster has been built, I have never felt like Chris Middleton got credit for being the kind of player that he is. Uh, but it's in these spots uh, on the biggest platform that the league has in the finals where Chris Middleton has to step up every single night. Uh, and I still believe it's within him. We saw him at the end of game six in the third quarter in Atlanta just dominate I think he's going to show to be a even more of a presence as this series goes along uh, but there's no doubt like Middleton's the guy late in the games that they're turning to because they trust him uh, 
And, and he's earned that hoodie. I mean, he doesn't have the name brand recognition that Giannis does, but Chris Middleton is really damn good. The guy who I think is going to face even more heat and the guy who really didn't show up uh, in a big enough way in game one is Drew Holiday. And these are the moments that, that Holiday was brought to Milwaukee for. And he, he struggled at the end of that net series, but he was still there to make some huge shots. In Game 7, he struggled at times against Atlanta, but he, he was still there plenty of times uh, to to make plays. He's got to do it right now, and he's got to do it on both ends of the floor because you mentioned it. Phoenix likes to get up and down when you've got Chris Paul running the show like he did in Game 1. Yeah, good luck. Uh, it feels like uh, Phoenix would be well on their way, but Holiday has the defensive presence to alter any game that he's in. And when he's doing that and he's giving you shots from all over the floor, that's a max player. And that's what it is in in the league. So uh, I think that Milwaukee has better days ahead. But that first impression against a talented, deep, uh, and pretty young group, uh, aside from from Paul and and Crowder in Phoenix, uh, they're going to keep hitting them. And Milwaukee better have an answer somewhere. Yeah, are the rosters too tight for Milwaukee for them to go a little deeper? Like I'm, I'm expecting Holiday to have a better shooting night, as you mentioned. He only had ten points in forty minutes, so he had a ton of time. But I'm wondering, can you go as deep as Forbes or more time for Connaughton? Because you need that outside shooting. If Giannis has it from the inside, if Middleton's got it from the from the mid range, you need the outside shooting. I wonder. Will Budenholzer try to give a little bit more time to Connaughton and Forbes as far as trying to get some uh, production on the board? I would think so, and this is the moment in time where we have to say that the DiVincenzo absence just really hurts him, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this kind of spot against a team that can hit you from all over the place because if he's out there, he stretches the floor, he creates the space uh, for, for his teammates to operate on top of the fact that he can hit those shots. He's not there. So, yeah, that margin of error for Milwaukee is much thinner. And this is the beauty of having that deep of a team if you're Phoenix. If one guy doesn't have it going, you flip him out. And somebody else is usually there to pick up the slack. The Bucks don't have that possibility. They need their guys to play well, and they need their guys to hit shots early and often. And whether it's Connaughton getting more of a look, mentioned Forbes somebody has to be able to help a little bit more and that's why I think so much of it goes back to Holiday because at this point with this Bucks group you know what you're getting from Giannis especially after uh, game one uh, he looks pretty solid you know what you're getting uh, from Middleton and then after that I mean Brooke Lopez can hit those shots but he's got his hands full with Aiden We know what Bobby Portis can do and that he's not afraid of the moment hoodie, but Bobby's never been that guy who's going to, you're going to feel great about uh, knocking down a bunch of threes over and over. Mm -hmm. You need somebody to help you from the outside. uh, And it's going to be up to Budenholzer to make those adjustments. So you like the Bucks in six or seven, huh? I do. Still, even now. uh, Because I think the key for them was always split in Phoenix. You split in Phoenix, you go home, you take care of business, uh, things can can turn around quickly. But if you drop these first two, 
then it's going to get a lot more difficult because Phoenix is going to come into Milwaukee with a bunch of momentum, and the Bucks are going to say, oh, well, <laughs> I mean, where, where's that extra jolt coming from? Because, again, you, you watch this team for enough years, the stalwarts are always going to be there. It's it's the guys off the bench. It's the reserve guys. What are you going to get on top of Holiday has been up and down in the postseason? They, they just need a little more. So uh, I, I by no means do I think this series is over, and especially having gone through what we saw in Brooklyn, even if they go down 0-2, uh, they're, they're still going to be in there fighting because – They've, they've worked so hard for so many years to get to this spot, but it is going to be really, really difficult if they drop game two. I'm sure you've heard this or have taken calls on this at 95-7 the game. Uh, I'm sure Warriors fans are saying that should be us, and I'm sure Lakers fans and maybe some Clippers fans are saying that should be us. So from the Warriors' standpoint, so how close are they to being where the Suns are today? Because there are some that say, you know, the dynasty was nice, short-lived for the Warriors, but this is it. They're not going to be able to get back to the mountaintop again. Well, as usual, you're right on it. Because there are a lot of fans out here in the Bay Area who are saying, well, the Suns did it, and the Suns weren't even in the playoffs last year. And if the Suns can do it and add a piece or two here or there, then the Warriors can do it because they have Steph Curry. <laughs> and they're getting Clay Thompson back. And, and Draymond, when he's motivated, is still a hell of a player. But, Hoodie, my argument back to Warriors fans, and this is going to shock you given our history, but they haven't really liked hearing this uh, <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think the parallels are the same as great as Steph is, and I have even more of an appreciation for just how great he is, having watched him now uh, for a few years day-to-day out here, the Warriors roster is not Phoenix's roster. The Warriors roster has a lot of flaws. Uh, And so even if you accept, okay, well, Steph was awesome, and Andrew Wiggins, uh, contrary to what I thought, uh, has proved me wrong, he was really solid throughout the year better defensively than he was at least on a consistent basis in in Minnesota Uh, and Kevon Looney stayed healthy and again with Draymond it's hit or miss what you're getting night to night but when he's motivated when he's still locked in especially on the defensive end he is really really good but they had all that last year and they didn't even go to the playoffs right so what you're what you're selling me if you're a Warriors fan who's believing the turnaround is imminent is that the addition of Clay Thompson, who's coming off two just awful career-altering injuries, is enough plus the 7 pick and the 14 pick, assuming they don't make another move, and that James Wiseman, who was so up and down in his rookie year, is really going to be able to take a leap coming off meniscus surgery in his second season. And, and that is, that's a lot of ifs. That's, that's too many ifs for me. So while I think the Warriors are going to be interesting and they're going to be relevant and they're going to win a bunch of games next year, uh, I do not believe that they can turn it on to a point where you and I are talking a year from right now and saying, okay, well, the Warriors bounced all the way back into the finals because all these different parts came together. This is a team that has a very, very small margin for air and they don't have nearly the depth once you get past that starting five, 
that a team like Phoenix does. Warriors fans don't want to hear that. And I know that they might be delusional, but not not more delusional than Laker fans. Um, that, <laughs> <laughs> you could talk about them 12 months out of the year. They believe they're winning the championship. But 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 uh, teams like that, Nick, believe, at least their fan bases believe, like they see the Suns and they're like, yeah, we should be in there too. But what about the Lakers and their standpoint too? Like, again, another team that was ravaged with injuries with LeBron and AD. What about that team? I wanted to believe in the Lakers this year, Hoodie. And I wanted to believe that the bubble hangover wouldn't be as bad for for them, given that LeBron knew he was chasing history. Anthony Davis finally had a lot of positive momentum, given the way he played in the bubble and the fact that they did win it all. Uh, and I liked the, the Harrell move and, and uh, Dennis Schroeder and some of the pieces that were added, but it just didn't click. And you could look at the injuries and say, okay, well, you know, by all the time that they played down there at Disney and all the struggles that they had staying healthy throughout the year, maybe next year is a do-over. But to me, when I watched them, it looked like they got old pretty quickly. And it always happens like that. It always happens in the blink of an eye when you're not expecting it to click in the same way. And to see them just not be able to get through Phoenix and to see Davis go down, you just you start to wonder what happens in the future, whether that window that people thought was going to be open has, has closed pretty quickly. The one thing I'd say about the Lakers is that guys always want to play there. They always want to be with LeBron, and they always want to be out in L.A. So I'm curious to see what kind of moves get made moving forward uh, I'm curious to see what kind of additions are possible but I am a lot more tepid in what I think might happen for them moving forward than I was even a few months ago because they looked tired uh, LeBron looked a little older and Anthony Davis fell into some of the same traps uh, that we saw in New Orleans and that he is a hell of a player but is he the type of guy, especially when LeBron does have to take these breaks or, or he goes down with an injury who can carry uh, a, a championship-level team for stretches? I, I'm, I'm still not sure. Lastly, Nick, and I appreciate your time as always. So no matter who wins the championship, whether it's the Bucks or the Suns, do you see sustained success for either team? Because you know how this league is, man. The whole league's built on the Lakers and the Celtics' success, right? So the whole league is, is built on what they've done in the past. It's also built on dynasties. So so what happens with the Bucks and Suns, no matter what happens here in these finals? The Bucks, I'm much more convinced on. Uh, and I say that because Giannis is still so young. And hoodie with Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday, and those guys aren't going anywhere, that is just a damn good team. Is it a title-winning team? Well, we're going to find out here in the next week and a half or two. But that team is so solid. Uh, And they know each other, and the core is in place, and they'll get healthy, and you know they'll add a piece or two because, again, guys want to play uh, for a title. And and guys want to play with Giannis because they know the talent that is there. So 
long term, and I say long term in the next couple years, two, three years, uh, Milwaukee is still going to be in that conversation. With Phoenix, a lot of it is contingent on what do they decide to do with Chris Paul? Are they going to give him all the money that he's going to want in an extension? And if they make that commitment, is he able to stay healthy and play at the same level at this age? And I think that is a really interesting layer here because Hoodie, uh, I really like Booker. I always thought that he was a little more than the empty calorie stats guy that uh, some other guys in the league have been. He had a little more edge to his game and he's played very, very well. Uh, And Aiden is going to get paid uh, and he continues to improve. Uh, And again, the depth is there. I mean, with a name that we have not mentioned yet, which still completely stuns me, that in the year of 2021, a finals contributor on a team that uh, is three games away from winning a title uh, is a point guard named Cam Payne. (laughs) It's just a stunner. Because uh, anyone listening to us, they watched Cam Payne in Chicago. He didn't look like an NBA player. No. Uh, And Gar was convinced I mean Gar was convinced that campaign could play and the Bulls thought that he could make be a difference maker for them uh, over the years and it, and it did not happen he just he, he lost his confidence he didn't play well to his credit hoodie and this is uh, a huge amount given how many guys we know who have gone through the league been a first round pick and and faded and never come back campaign went to china he went to the g league and he got his mind right and he got his game right uh, and to see him play at this level i think he he deserves the the extra praise because that is a, a player who so many people had kind of written off certainly myself included having watched him all those times and and to see him perform at this level uh, is is just been huge for the Suns, but he's another guy. You know, are you going to pay campaign now? Is Robert Sarver, who has oh. had such a rough reputation in the league, willing to cut all these checks? We're going to see. But the, that that's why the reason, and this goes back to your question, the reason why I lean towards Milwaukee in that sense, who you know, who can maintain this a little while longer, is because they have known quantities. We know that Giannis is an MVP. We know that. Chris Middleton is a top-tier player. We know that Drew Holiday, when he's playing well, uh, is one of the the best defensive guards in the league and certainly one of the better players in the league. So uh, all that being said, Phoenix absolutely has a chance to open up their their window and their runway, especially if they go and win. But there are, are a lot more variables to me as far as what they may be able to be in the future and can they maintain the level they've been on. My friend, it's going to be an interesting um, uh, rest of the finals. I'm looking. I, I love the story of, of of Chris Paul because if the Suns don't win now, I'm not sure when Chris Paul is going to win a championship. I really don't. So I look forward to seeing what that looks like. And here's my only pushback on Giannis: whatever happens, I expect him to spend a lot more time this summer working on his game. There's holes in his game, man. For a two-time MVP, still. If, if there's going to be sustained success from Giannis, he has to lead the way. When I see him on the floor, he doesn't yep. scare me. Chris, Chris Middleton scares me. 
You know, um, Drew Holiday, when he gets hot, usually, sometimes, but Giannis does not scare me. If you were going to build, Nick, a basketball player, you want him to have those shoulders, those arms, that head, you know, uh, those legs, those springs, the ability to go from sideline to sideline uh, like he did in last night's game. I just want him to be able to step it up a notch here because don't worry about the crowd and the free throws. Just hit them and just be have that ruthless aggression. I haven't seen that enough of them from Giannis. We'll see if he grows into that here in the series. Well, there's no time like now to learn in that that uh, on that stage, Eddie. And and you are right because what you just outlined is why a lot of NBA people are like, man, Giannis is awesome. But there's a different level of awesome when you get to the finals, uh, and you've got to play a different way. So. I have always believed that Giannis is willing to put in the work to become even better. And that goes back to seeing the way he was going through his routines, you know, three, four years ago when I was around that team a lot more on a regular basis. This is a guy who wants to be one of the all-time greats. And in order to do that, you have to win championships and you have to scare people on the floor because your game is overwhelming and you can dominate whatever you want and we haven't seen that from him yet on this stage and he hasn't been at this level yet but even in the playoffs the last couple of years you were kind of like alright what are you going to get and if the Bucks can't pull this out and come back uh, then I think this will motivate the hell out of him to go back in the gym and to fix those flaws that, that we mentioned because you got to be able to hit the shot from the outside. you got to be able to knock down the free throws when they matter, and you've got to be able to carry your team late in games. And there is no question that your point was right on it because the guy who leads them late in games and the guy who has that edge right now is Chris Middleton, and it's not Giannis. What about the Bulls, Nick? What about the Bulls? Uh, every time. Like, I feel like I need to chug some Pepto at the end. We have this nice conversation every time, every month or so. And then we get to the Bulls part, and I just think, oh, man. Well, never mind. Well, that trade, buddy. Oh, that trade. Oh, 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 oh that trade. But what about Bobby Bardis? He's playing better now. All right. Well, Nick, yeah, as always... campaign in the finals in 2021. How about that? that? Thank you, Adam Silver. That's what I wanted, the dream matchup. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. All your injuries, and I got, I'm down to Bobby Portis and campaign. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. All right. So, <laughs> Nick, as always, man, I appreciate it. Uh, let's talk again soon. Always, my man. Talk to you. What about the balls, Nick? Good to hear from my guy Nick Friedel from ESPN.com as well as uh, the game 95-7 in San Francisco. Knows his NBA stuff. Always great to have a conversation with him. He didn't want to talk about the Bulls, though. I thought that was very interesting. Hey, basketball is crowning a new champion. There's still time to get in all the hoops action with DraftKings. DraftKings is offering all players a free shot at up to $5,000 in total prizes with their free-to-play pools. 
DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you got to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that night's game. You know, like Questions like, which team will cover the spread? To which team will hit more three-pointers? To which team will win in the fourth quarter? Getting all the action before the season ends, download the Top Red DraftKings app and use the promo code WMVP when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $5,000 in prizes during the finals. That's code WMVP for a limited time. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So as always, I appreciate you checking out the DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook uh, Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. We love our sponsors because DraftKings supports us. We want you to support them. Good to hear from Nick. We'll have plenty of NBA content here on this podcast because we're in the NBA Finals. And soon we'll be in the NBA Draft. And soon we'll be getting ready for a new season. This is how quickly it happens. So stay with us. Make sure that you subscribe on Spotify. If not, follow along on the Cap and Jared podcast feed, uh, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much, for, as always, for downloading the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Talk soon.